With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're off in defense of the Big 12 is live once again. And uh, oh boy, we got a whole lot to talk about today. Most notably, if we're going to play football or not. Tyler McComas, I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. Brad Kellner, he is in Austin, Texas. And Man, one of these days when we do a podcast episode, we're going to be able to actually talk about football. You know, today's <laughs> not going to be that day because it's just all going to be about reports and the rumors that are out there and if we're going to play this damn thing coming up in a month or so. But I, there is going to be a time where we can actually break down the teams in the conference, but it's all about whether we're playing today, Brad. And the fascinating thing is, is with all of these reports out, with everything that's going on, Nobody really still knows at their core if we're going to play this season or not. That's, yeah. that's what's nuts to me. I, I would say maybe with the presidents making the calls, certainly in the Big Ten and other conferences, maybe a lot of these ADs don't even know yet if we're going to play a college football season. I mean, it's been a roller coaster of emotions over the last six or seven days, right? I mean, it was last Wednesday when the Big Ten – and the SEC both released its conference-only schedules. And even though that was disappointing, right, even though that was a realization of, okay, we're not going to have a normal college football season here in 2020, that to me was still a positive sign. Like, hey, we're going to have college football this year. I mean, the Big Ten, they scheduled its first game for September 3rd, so they were planning on starting before anybody else, and they were planning on starting this thing pretty much on time based off the original start date of the college football season here in 2020. So we had that last week and I think, all right, there's some optimism, some momentum towards having some semblance of a season this year. But then obviously this weekend happened, Tyler. And I mean, what an absurd weekend it was. It started on Saturday with the Mac canceling its season and announcing a cancellation of all fall sports this year. Then we had Sunday happen in which there were rumors abound that the big 10 and the PAC 12 are going to cancel fall sports and, in effect, cancel college football this year. Then there's reports of an emergency press conference with the Power Five commissioners happening on Sunday night. Then you've got stories from multiple sources saying the Big Ten has already voted on canceling the college football season. And then yesterday happens in which the Big Ten is kind of backtracking, saying, whoa, 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 we haven't made any decision yet. So it has been a whirlwind of emotions over the last six or seven days for college football fans. And I think you put it perfectly. I mean, we really just don't know as of right now if there is going to be a season at all here in 2020. It, it is fascinating that we kind of know where the Big Ten stands. And if you listen to the reports, it stands like they're probably going to cancel the season maybe today, if not sometime at this week. Pac-12 is going to vote today. 
I'd be surprised if they didn't cancel the season. But the ACC is really trying to move forward to look at things, really trying to move forward to look at every last avenue to play a college football season. You can say the same thing with the SEC. The fascinating thing to me is I don't really have a good gauge of where the Big 12 stands right now. Is the Big 12 actively looking to play a college football season? Are they going to more align themselves with the Big 10 and the Pac-12? It's like everybody has kind of chosen their corner, and it almost seems like the Big 12 is kind of caught in the middle right now in terms of what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, sort of the word on Twitter, right, with these national analysts who are a little bit more tuned in than we may be. Uh, sort of feels like the Big 12 is on the fence. Like the Big 10 and Pac-12 are on one side. They're in the canceling side. While the SEC and the ACC are sort of on the, hey, we're going to play. We're still trying to have a season this year. And the Big 12 is uh, is on the fence right now. I would guess the Big 12 plans are to still play. Uh, we haven't gotten a ton from Bob Bowlesby. I did see something yesterday that said Bob Bowlesby in response to a, a question about whether or not the Big 12 could expand this year, right? There's all sorts of rumors about conference realignment just for this year if certain schools in the Big 10 or the Pac-12 or any conference that decides to cancel things this year. If certain schools want to play, you know, could they join another conference like the SEC, the Big 12, or the ACC? Uh, that's been out there. Bob Bullsby in a text question about that responded with, it's astonishing. To yeah, what was that? I, was I don't so know what that means. Like, I took it as, like, that's ludicrous. That's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. We're not having any sort of discussions like that. But astonishing could go either way. So that's really all we've had from Bob Bullsby at this point uh, when it comes to this conversation. But if I had to guess, I mean, I know most schools, or at least I know the University of Texas, is planning on playing this season I think most schools across this conference and in the ACC and the SEC as well are still planning on practicing and still planning on preparing for a college football season this year. So until they're told otherwise, I would guess that's the plan. But, uh, man, I'm fascinated to see what announcement we get from the Big 12 and when we get it. I don't know how much you got um, out of this on your radio show yesterday. I got probably two hours, if not more. But Scott Frost going up to the podium for his press conference and basically being like, I mean, we want to play, and we'd like to play in the Big Ten, but if we can't play in the Big Ten, we will look at all other options to play a college football season, which was as revealing as a comment as we've heard from any college football coach this offseason. So obviously the talk turns to, well, why can't the Big 12 add Nebraska for one year? You add them to the league. You have 11 teams. You can still do a round-robin format in the conference. And now everybody has 10 conference games. It works out. Still two teams will play in a Big 12 championship. No harm, no foul. Really adding Nebraska, you can basically keep things the same as they are, but you can add one game. Now, the likelihood of that may not be all that great, but I tell you right now, even though Nebraska would probably go 5-5 five and five in the Big 12 next year in that slate, Dude, I would be all about it, and I know the OU fan base in unison would be all about adding Nebraska for one season next year. Man, that would be fascinating. The question is, and I guess your theory, if you just add Nebraska, that would get you to 10 conference games, which would match what's going on in the SEC. And the ACC is playing on playing 11, right? They've got 10 conference games, but of course the one non-conference game that uh, they announced a couple of weeks ago that would be crazy, but then the question becomes, like, what, what would happen with Ohio State? Like, what if Ohio State is looking for 
uh, a conference to play in this year. And we saw Jim Harbaugh at Michigan uh, tweet out a statement yesterday basically saying that, hey, we would still like to play. It's crazy. Like, I don't know if we've ever seen something like this, Tyler, where where schools, where coaches, or even athletic directors are just vehemently going against what the university presidents want. Yeah. Like, cause it's the presidents who voted in the big 10 or at least reportedly voted in the big 10. And you've got like official school football, Twitter accounts basically saying, no, 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 to hell with what they said to hell with what our bosses said. We want to play football this year. So, you know, if you're the big 12, uh, is there a better option out there than Nebraska? I mean, I know obviously you have the history in this conference with Nebraska and you've got some built in rivalries there Uh, as well but do you look at maybe bringing in other teams as well or bringing in somebody else instead of Nebraska it's uh it's fascinating what the possibilities for this thing could be would there be like in terms of options for the Big 12 would there be a better team than Nebraska out there I would guess probably so if if Ohio State's there but I think Nebraska would be the best situation possible for the conference because of the familiarity that you just talked about I mean OU Nebraska is a rivalry that Nebraska Kansas State has some great games like the the conference is familiar with Nebraska Nebraska is familiar with the conference they still got a big fan base they still got a big following Um, you get all that that comes with it plus like I think it would be the, the perception of the Big 12 isn't very good right now so if you added somebody else from the conference outside the conference and they came in and won the league it probably wouldn't help the perception all that much, right? Yeah. So if you get a big-name program and a team that's going to come in and not be able to win the conference this year. I mean, maybe they could finish in the top third or something like that, but I don't think it's realistic. I don't think Nebraska's good enough to beat the likes of Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State this year, maybe even like an Iowa State. Yeah. That you somebody with a whole lot of age, but not somebody that could come in and embarrass yourself and in, in, in the league. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I mean, do you think this is a realistic possibility, right? To go Bob Bowles, but he called it astonishing yesterday. And even though it would kind of make sense in uh, more ways than one, I almost feel like there's some extra planning, some extra scheduling that would have to go on for Nebraska or anybody else to be added to this league. Like, I just kind of feel like at this point, the Big 12 is is set in its ways. Like if they're going to have a season, it's going to be the way that they planned on having a season, you know? Well, I mean, I, I felt, you know, somewhat optimistic last night that this could happen. And then I wake up to, you know, all these different reports today, like the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, on with Dan Patrick today. And he said, look, the number number of legal actual to go down reasons that it's not practical. So basically in other words he said don't expect teams to jump conferences yeah. this season just because there's so many hurdles and hoops that they are going to have to overcome. It would be awesome, it would be great and I'm still going to hold out hope for it to be honest with <laughs> you. But it sounds like in like a month's time there would be so many obstacles to jump through that it's just not it's not very realistic at this time so I mean Nebraska wants to play Ohio State wants to play Iowa seems like they want to play but if the Big Ten cancels I don't really know what their their options are forward if they can't jump yeah you know I'm fascinated Tyler to see if the court of public opinion 
but more importantly, the student athletes actually have a say in things, right? I mean, it is very rare in which the student athletes' voices are heard when it comes to the NCAA, when it comes to conferences, right? We've seen various cases this offseason, I mean, especially at the University of Texas, where student athletes are being heard and they can enact some change on their campus at their university. But in terms of like the NCAA, and in terms of conferences, like conglomerations of schools actually listening to the student athletes, that usually doesn't happen. But I think the whole hashtag we want to play movement, uh, that's been pretty cool, number one. And, and the fact that you've got guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields who probably don't need to play another snap of college football and are going to be top five, if not the two top picks in the next NFL draft. The fact that those are like the loudest voices right now wanting to play. If you call those guys idiots, I don't know if I could blame you, but I think it's pretty damn cool how passionate they are uh, about their schools, about their teammates, about their coaches, and about the sport of college football as a whole. So does that do anything? Like, I, I honestly think the Big Ten is backtracking a little bit, Tyler, and they may vote to cancel the season today, and they may not play college yeah. football in the Big Ten. Hell, there might not be college football at all. But I think because of just the public backlash from from the student-athletes, from coaches, from fans – like, I honestly think that's making the Big Ten kind of retrace their steps and say, oh, no, no, we, we actually didn't have this vote. Like, this hasn't happened yet. We haven't decided. And then we saw reports yesterday that said, no, 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 it wasn't about canceling. It was just about delaying the season a little bit more. Like, I wonder if the court of public opinion, but also the student athletes, like their opinion, their say will actually impact what happens in college sports. Because it's usually like, Ah, to hell with the student athletes, you know, the administrators, the big dogs will make all these decisions. But I wonder if uh, we might have a little bit of a change this year because of the outcry we've seen on Twitter. Oh, I think you're 100% right. And let's not kid ourselves. If the Northwestern quarterback, whoever that is this year, came out and started the hashtag we want to play movement, probably doesn't get a whole lot of traction because mm -hmm. like from, from what I heard or from what we all were told is, the Big Ten had already made its decision, man. The presidents had already voted. They are going to cancel the fall season on Tuesday. And here we are recording at 10-18. Uh, uh, A.M. I mean, you're right. It seems like so. The perfection. Player-wise, the face of the sport this year came out and started this movement. And not only started the hashtag we want to play movement, but came out with the statements that he did. That, that's what that's what we needed momentum-wise is somebody like Trevor Lawrence to come out and kind of lead the way to play a fall season. It really has been miraculous. So, yeah, I agree with you. It feels like the Big Ten is backtracking. The ACC ADs come out and say that they are going to proactively look for a way to start the season. It's I, I didn't think it was going to have this create this much momentum and have this much of an effect but it seems like the public is on Trevor Lawrence's side and on the players' side, and I think it's very revealing because players are ones at risk, right? That's who we're all worried about in this situation is the players. And the fact that so many high-profile guys said, hey, I know you guys are making the decision for us, but we actually want to play, I think that hmm. that's mattered a whole lot in the court of public opinion. Yeah, do you buy the notion, and I saw Trevor Lawrence tweet this out. I saw Nick Saban uh, talk about this yesterday, I believe. Uh, there's kind of a, a growing belief or a growing opinion out there that says that the student-athletes, these college football players, would be more at risk for COVID-19 if they don't play. 
And to read Trevor Lawrence's tweet, he says, players will all be sent home to their own communities where social distancing is highly unlikely and medical care and expenses will be placed on the families if they were to contract COVID-19, not to mention the players coming from situations that are not good for them or their future and having to go back to that. We are more likely to get the virus in everyday life than playing football. So having a season incentivizes players being safe and taking all the right precautions to try to avoid contracting COVID because the season and teammates safety is on the line without the season. As we've seen already, people will not social distance or wear masks and take the proper precautions. So do you buy into that at all, Tyler? Like the fact that, or at least the opinion that, Hey, you know, maybe these guys are actually safer. Like on the surface, it seems ridiculous because Mm -hmm. you can't social distance while playing football. There's no bubble for college football. So you'd be traveling a ton and you're traveling with 80 to 90 guys like college football will be doing what everybody else in the world is being told not to do. But then on the other hand, you've got, well, these guys are getting tested three times a week and these guys have a reason to try to stay healthy and to try to stay away from other people. And yeah, maybe they actually can be safer in this sort of one team bubble than they would be if they were just going back home to their families. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with it. Um, being in Norman, clearly I'm monitoring OU situation and how well they've handled it since the kids have gotten back on campus is like extraordinary. Like no positive cases in the past month. I think they were the only college football program that was um, able to do that. Now, there was a bad situation that happened at Rutgers. Seemed like the players really put them on themselves by not governing themselves, right? So uh, situation at Colorado State. All that Ohio State had to stop. I I agree with that. Yes. Now the only thing that I struggle with is what happens when kids get back on campus, right? Because look, man, they're going to party. They're going to go out to bars. I don't blame them. Like that's that's living life as a college kid. Like I, I I can't blame a kid for that. They'd be way more at risk. I would tend to say yes, but there's so many other variables that we haven't seen yet. Like kids back on campus playing actual football games against other teams like I there, there's so much there but I would tend to say yes that that is true like guys like Nick Saban that have come out and said that is probably right yeah you know this is uh maybe apples to oranges here because we're comparing college football and the big 12 to pro baseball but I think uh it kind of makes sense like we just had a situation with the Cleveland Indians right where they had a couple of starting pitchers on a road trip to Chicago left the team hotel went out and got drinks with some of their friends and are now having to quarantine, are now having to sit out because they broke their team rules. They broke the health and safety protocols. Like, those are adults. Those are grown adults we're talking about here, not 18 to 22-year-old kids who, as you mentioned, Tyler, yeah, they've got college things to do, right? And there's going to be parties. I know the University of Texas sent out a memo to students a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, no parties on or off campus. If you do that, you're in trouble. I you know, more power to them for sending that out. I don't know how the hell they're going to enforce that, and I can't imagine everybody is going to follow that. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's just – it really is a thing of how much do you want it for these student-athletes, but everybody has to want it. I mean, we're talking about 80, 90 people uh, on a team, Tyler. And it, it, if one guy – if one guy decides to go rogue, decides to go to a party, decides to, I don't know, invite a girl over who hasn't been doing – all of the proper social distancing and following all the health and safety guidelines that are out there. If one guy gets it, then he shows up to practice the next day 
And yeah. I mean, that could be the end right there. That could ruin an entire team right there. So that's the thing. Like, that's what makes this so hard to, to be done. And I mean, once again, on its surface, it seems like, all right, yeah, there, there's probably a way to make this happen. But and I've said it for weeks. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it on uh, on my show. It's like, if they do cancel the season, you have to understand why. I wouldn't like it. And I think there's a way that they can at least start the season and see what happens. But I mean, man, there's just so many unforeseen circumstances that are out there and so much has to go right uh, with just large groups of people all over the country that, and if they did decide to pull the plug on this thing, uh, I feel like we'd have to kind of realize, okay, this is uh, this is a pandemic. You know, this is what's going on right now. Recruiting has already been fascinating in the year 2020. And I think a lot of this is about which staffs were able to adapt to the situation, who could handle Zoom great, who could do virtual on-campus tours really the best. And whether we play a season or not, which is the topic of conversation right now, I mean, we really don't know. I mean, that's – I'd love to sit here and give you a definitive answer, but we just yeah. really don't know. Maybe we have a better idea in four hours, but we just don't know right now. But regardless, if we play a season or not, there's not going to be recruits on campus this upcoming season. So – Maybe the National Signing Day, the first National Signing Day gets pushed back, but I don't see a realistic situation where kids in this upcoming recruiting class are going to be able to visit the campuses or the schools part of when they're a freshman in college. It's just, I just, how you handle recruiting right now with the virtual visits is fascinating, especially when there's still so many big targets out there, man. Yeah, I mean, you've got that, and then you've got – I mean, we're still waiting on decisions for high school football too. Yeah. Like, I think the vast majority of states across the country are planning on playing high school football this year. But don't you feel like if college football is canceled, then high school football is probably getting canceled too? Like, I, th there's a big part of me, and it's a pleasant surprise, but I'm surprised that high school football is still planning on happening yeah. uh, across the country because you talk about liability – and you talk about uh, – I've got, I think, a maintenance guy from my apartment at the door. He's nice. going he's gonna to have to wait. Um, you talk about, yeah, liability and, and issues that happen – that would happen with college. I mean, it's, it's multiplied with high school. So you've got that with, yeah, virtual visits only. Guys can't come to campus this year if there is a season. Plus, there might not be a senior year of high school for a lot of these recruits out there. So you just kind of have to go with what you have on film from, uh, from previous years. So – yeah, it's, uh, it's already been a bizarre recruiting cycle. We've talked about this a little bit. Like we've seen more early commits than we've ever seen in recruiting because I think guys are just going with whatever the best option they have right now is. But, uh, yeah, you, you throw in the no visits this fall and then the potential no high school football season, then it's, it's going to be anybody's guess what happens there. Will you ask him if, we, if, you, if he thinks that we're going to have a season this year, the maintenance guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's he's trying to he's trying to walk into my room right now. I've got it dead bolted. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll deal with this later. We're, uh, we're we're carrying on. I've been trying to get these guys here for eight weeks, and of course, the timing is uh, the timing is right now during this episode. The second the second knock from him was much more aggressive than the first. I have a feeling the third knock is going to be like a final warning knock. Like, you might cut that dead bolt <laughs> off, dude, if you don't watch oh, that. Oh, man, that would be something. Well, uh, I don't know. We'll carry on. We'll carry on. We'll deal with that uh, when we get there. So, you you have any guess, Tyler, on a, a time frame? I mean, once again, you mentioned at the Big Ten, we saw rumors this weekend happening. 
there, there's a report that the Pac-12 is going to vote today. Some people think the Big Ten is going to have its announcement today. Like, do you think it's feasible to play a a three conference college football season? Like, do you think if it's just the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC deciding to play this year, like, could that happen? Would that be feasible? Would that be realistic? And could you determine a national champion with just those three leagues playing? I mean, I I, th- I think that you can do it, sure. Um, picking four teams out of three conferences is going to be absolutely fascinating. I mean, I, I guess picking one, two, and three would be easy, but – how the hell do you pick number four? I mean, basically, you'd be picking somebody that either got left out of a conference championship game or got beat in the conference championship game. So, I mean, I, I think you can do it. Obviously, it's going to look drastically different, but but sure, I I, I think that that could be the case. I saw a hilarious uh, tweet over the weekend that's like, oh my gosh, the Big Ten cancels. How are we going to play a season with this uh, super traditional conference it's out stage 10 the only years they have not played in the national championship game are 2019 2018 2017 2016 2015 2013 you get the point like the big 10 yep. hasn't played in the national championship game 10 out of the past 11 years the winner's been coming from the acc or the sec right now so based on history i think that he can still determine in the country, Big Ten, the Pac-12. The problem is Ohio State would actually be my pick to win the NFL this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they are the favorite in a lot of people's minds, and hopefully, there's no tweet about that for uh, for the Big Twelve going out because uh, I think uh, I think we've struggled even more in that category than the Big Ten has when it comes to playing for for national championships. But yeah, I mean, I think there is a way to have a season like that. I mean, we talk about asterisk, right? It happens with every. Every sport this year, you know, uh, Major League Baseball, is there an asterisk by the World Series champ? The NBA, the NHL, like, do we have asterisks there? I mean, if you only have, like, three-fifths of the conferences playing this year, if you don't have every team playing this year, then, yeah, the, there could be an asterisk on that. There probably should be. But I do think you could still have some semblance of a season and find a way to to determine enough of a national championship to where people could feel pretty good about it, uh, at least if they're in one of those three conferences. But, Man, it's it's just going to be fascinating to see to see how this thing shakes out. I mean, over the last once again over the last week, but really over the last seventy two hours, uh, my emotions have gone from all right, we're playing to nobody's playing to all right, maybe there's mm-hmm. a chance we're playing again. It's it's yeah. crazy. There's never been anything like this. I uh, I do feel like in the next twenty four hours we're going to get a decision from one conference. Maybe it's the Big Ten today. The Pac twelve is voting today. Maybe that happens. Um, but in terms of like the Big 12 timeline, I dude, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I think that they are meeting on I think that they are meeting tonight, the Big 12 is, but I don't expect them to make any sort of decision. It may be until next week, maybe until the Big 12. It, it almost seems like the Big 12 is like just sitting back and waiting for everybody else to make their decision mm-hmm. before they make their decision. And that's fine. That's okay. At least they're not rushing to a decision like the Big Ten. At least right. they're taking everything into account. They are looking at all the data, looking at all the information, and then they'll make their uh, announcement. So it is kind of, I guess, a make decision right now. But at the same time, they delay. I would think we have that the Big 12 plays this year, and I'm all about that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, do you have to make a decision right now? Like the weirdest thing for me about the Big 10 – 
uh, all the rumors that happened with them over the weekend and into yesterday, it's like it was literally last Wednesday. It was five days ago, I guess six days ago now, that the Big Ten released its schedule. Like what changed over those five or six days? Like what, what is different with the virus? What is different with the season now versus last Wednesday? So that's like the most bizarre thing. And I, I think the Big 12, some people will criticize them, and a lot of people have criticized the Big 12 throughout this entire process, right? The Big 12 was the last to announce the conference-only schedule. Uh, they they seem to be the most on the fence here, and they haven't really announced anything either way, right? It feels like the SEC and the ACC have kind of announced that they still plan on playing while the Big Ten and the Pac-12, even though there's nothing official yet, it sort of feels like they're leaning the other way. Like the Big 12 has waited, and I will actually give them credit for that. Usually I don't. Like this is what the Big 12 always does. Yeah. They're always reactionary. They're never proactive, and I think that's a huge problem, and I think that's why there's all sorts of talks of, the Big 12 may be folding uh, in four years once these TV rights contracts go up. And it's why the Big 12 lost out on conference realignment to nearly a decade ago. Like, they're just so reactionary. They're never proactive with stuff like this. But I think in a situation like this, uh, it could be boding well. I think it's the right move to just try to wait and get as much information as you possibly can on this virus before making a decision. Like, it's very easy to cancel last minute. If you've got to cancel a week before the season, you can make that happen. That's way easier to do than like canceling way early and then realizing, oh my God, there's actually a chance we can play. And now we've got to get everybody back on the schedule and figure out travel and figure out how we're going to have a season. Like I think just waiting as long as you can to make the rightest decision that you can uh, is the right move for the big 12. Usually it's not, but in this case, I will actually uh, commend Bob Bowlesby for, for kind of waiting and seeing what they can do here. I think I saw a tweet yesterday that Texas was out on the practice field, you know, getting it in. Yep. And I, I, I don't know if they're doing this as well. I would imagine that they probably are. But there was a luncheon with a few members of the OU coaching staff last Friday. They always do it for the community, whatever. But they revealed that they can't use traditional whistles in practice right now. Because if you blow a whistle in practice, it like spreads the germs out there. And obviously that's what they're trying to avoid. So they're having to use like handheld electronic whistles in practice. Mm. I never would have thought in a million years that you can't even use a whistle right now because it blows like your germs out into the air. But that's how different it is. It, yeah. is these coaches are like, and you could tell Alex Grinch when asked about it was like, I mean, I'll say the politically correct answer here, but God, what I really want to say is like, it's complete crap. But yeah, he just has to stand there with like a electronic handheld whistle. And that's how he like, blows things dead in practice. I, I'm, I'm going to guess Texas and everybody else is doing that the same, but it's like, wow, that's, that's uh, it's, it seems very, very small, but that'd actually be a pretty big difference in practice for these coaches. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much NBA you've been watching since uh, the bubble restart in Orlando, but the NBA refs are using like a different whistle. That's got like some sort of like cover on, uh, on where you blow and it's not as loud. Like there's been players who just like aren't hearing the whistle even though there's no fans, right? Even though there's no crowd noise to really deal with in the bubble, it's just a different kind of whistle that they're using to try to uh, limit the spread of the spit out there. So, yeah, it's just something everybody's got to deal with. And you know, to go to your point about practice, Tyler, I mean, everybody's been practicing. Like that's, I think that's another reason why players and coaches uh, across the Big Ten are are so ticked by this. It's like, oh, they've just been planning on on having a season. They've been practicing like they're going to have games. Once again, the Big Ten announced a schedule last week, so like everything has been preparing for week one, uh, the weekend of September 5th, and then it's just all kind of being pulled from them. So 
Uh, I think that goes into some of the frustration you're seeing out there as well. But man, it's just it's just weird times out there. There's no doubt about it. I mean, everything everything's been different. Everything's going to continue to be different. And you know, obviously, if uh, if we don't have a season at all, that would be very different. Ohio State, like you're saying, Ohio State is back out in the practice field again today. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, hearing reports, Titans get on to Ohio State's like, ah, whatever. We're still going to play this year, so we're going to be out on the practice field. One thing that I want to know is, let's just say that it's not crazy to think right now, obviously, that all five major conferences get pushed back to the spring. Okay, so we're going to try to play a spring season. That's fine. Whatever. What does that mean for college hoops? this upcoming November. Mm-hmm. Does that mean college hoops can play or can we not play any sports at all until football plays in the spring? Cause I love college hoops. I know you love college hoops too. I'm not down to cancel football season and I'm certainly not down to cancel college basketball behind that as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, college basketball is not technically considered a fall sport. So if you do see college football canceled in all these conferences, the announcement is going to be that fall sports are canceled uh, at all of these conferences. So that that on its surface doesn't affect basketball. So hypothetically, you could still have basketball and have it started have it start relatively close to on time. But man, that's a great question. And I'm I'm kind of sidetracking here, but this goes to just what you were talking about, Tyler. Like you're seeing some conferences, and I think the Mountain West, when they announced uh, their decision yesterday, they talked about postponing to the spring. Is that possible? Is that feasible? Like, I, I don't know if you could have two college football seasons. As awesome as it sounds as a fan and as a guy who covers the sport, like, oh, my God, two college football seasons in one calendar year? Hell, yeah, sign me up for that. I don't know how you can make that happen. Like, I don't think the human body can't handle stuff like that. I mean, you, you only play one college football season a year for a reason. And I know there's spring football, and I know there's summer stuff, and there's seven-on-seven, seven, but it's not the same as playing an actual season right? Whether it's college, whether it's high school, whether it's the NFL, like that, that to me seems like it could be more dangerous for these players than playing right now. I, mean, I, I know it's a different conversation. It's COVID versus just other football stuff. But man, to me, like postponing, you could say that it sounds nice on the surface, but when people are talking about, well, you're going to have a lot of guys leave. A lot of guys who are going to the NFL probably won't even play in that spring football season. Yeah, that's one thing. But also, if we're really concerned about player safety, which I'll always call BS on any football league, but especially the NCAA, like I don't think this is about player safety. I think this is about liability. But if you're really concerned sure about player safety, I don't think it's a great look to have two college football seasons within the span of like eight months. I guess my biggest hurdle with playing is financially. Like Scott Frost said yesterday, Nebraska, if they don't play this fall, they don't play football, it's going to be an 80 to 120 million uh, deficit that they're going to face. Penn State said 100 million. Wisconsin said 100 million. Like I know that these college programs are making a ton of money. None more than Texas and Texas A&M. These college programs are making a whole lot of money. I don't think that there's very many teams at all, if any, that can suffer 100 dollar sit and survive so that's out in west umass and everything all right they're postponing it until the spring but to make it to the spring to play a season i mean the amount of other sports on campuses that we're about to see cuts by some of these non-power five teams is going to be pretty alarming because nobody can survive right now without without football and everyone's already taken a massive hit and they got to wait four or five 
months, six months, however long it is to play another season. I mean, some big financial decisions are going to have to be made, man. It's sad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what this is, right? It's all about the money. And I saw fans of of the MAC and the Mountain West yesterday taking to Twitter, or at least over the last couple of days since those conferences have made their announcements. The MAC came on Saturday. Uh, just like, you know, this is BS. It's all about the money. You guys are only doing this because you can't play the non-conference games against the Power Five and get your big paychecks. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it right there. Yeah. Like, this is all yeah. about the money. It, it, people might not like it, but that's every decision during this pandemic right now, right? Whether or not it's to reopen uh, a state, to reopen the country, or to reopen college football, it, it's money is involved right here. And I think the misconception is, there's a couple of misconceptions. Number one, that all college sports are profitable. No, 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 no. Football is the moneymaker. Like yep. at some places, at some big power five schools, and some of them in the conference, like Kansas is a good example for sure. Like college basketball programs make some money, some money, not a ton, but some money. But at a lot of schools, even college basketball, which is the second biggest college sport that there is, loses money or barely breaks even. Like the, there's a misconception out there that all college sports are profitable and everything is good for the university. That is not the case. That uh, Football is the cash cow right there. And the other misconception, Tyler, is that, you know, I keep hearing that, okay, if there's no college football season, the athletic departments are going to be crushed. That's not a misconception. That's true. The misconception is the money that comes in from college football only stays within the athletic department. It only goes to athletics at schools. That is not true. That money goes all over campus. It pays faculty. It allows for research to happen. It pays for everything else. It pays for education. So that is what's going into this decision. So it's like, it's not as simple as, you know, just keep like player safety or just canceling the season for optics. It's you are hampering not only your athletic department, but your entire university for years if you cancel this decision. So that's why people are so adamant. And that's why this decision is taking so long because people really don't want to have to do that to really hurt their university moving forward. So I just think those are misconceptions that are out there. And that's why we're, I mean, what the, the season, I guess not anymore, but until last week, the season was supposed to start 18 days from now and we still don't have decisions at this point. That's why, because the economics is so important with this thing. Well, on that, it is cool to see Texas go to Maui and play in that invitational out there in men's hoops. It's cool to see the Oklahoma State softball team go out to Palm Springs, California and play in that big tournament that they have out there. It's cool to see the West Virginia baseball team go out to Clearwater, Florida for the first week of the season and get to play several regular season games. Well, I'll just tell you right now, if the football money isn't there, which is why Texas basketball gets to go to Maui, why Oklahoma State softball gets to go to California, and why West Virginia baseball gets to go to Florida. I think that you're going to see a lot of those games disappear, man. Um, yeah. I, I I think things will be a whole lot more regional in college softball, college baseball, maybe even men's basketball. Like when OU went to the Final Four, Buddy Hills last year, they play. They went to Hawaii twice <laughs> in the non-conference. We'll play Villanova uh, out there in Pearl Harbor and another for like some tournament that they played out there. Like those games will cease to exist if the football money isn't there to fund all the other non-revenue sports from going on cool trips. So whenever it's been like Texas going to, you know, wherever, you know, a, a couple time zones away to play something, it's not because Texas basketball is making money hand over fist. It's because the football program is the most 
or the right. second most profitable football program that's out there, man. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is right there. And that's, that's a harsh reality. And once again, like it, it would be, you would make it would like you'd understand it if college football did not happen this year because it's about player safety and keeping students, college students safe. But it's just not that easy of a decision. It's not that cut and dry. There's so much. I mean, I didn't even mention the the city economies, right, that are affected. I mean, think about how much money city of Austin, the city of Norman, Stillwater, Morgantown. I mean, Ames, you, you go across this conference, like home college football games are so big for everything, not just for the colleges, but for the city as a whole. You're talking about the hotels. You're talking about transportation. You're talking about restaurants and other local businesses. Like all that gets crushed if there's no college football season at all. Now, it's already going to be impacted pretty severely because uh, you've got schools talking about 50% capacity. You've got schools talking about 25% capacity. You've got some places talking about having 0% capacity at college football games. So it's already going to be hampered uh, a little bit. But, man, if you just take out everything, including the TV rights deals, like if there's just no money at all pumping into this thing, then it's not just this year. Like it's not just one year of, of university that's going to be affected. It's going to be uh, many years into the future. And uh, I think the trips that you bring up are, are good examples of some ways that athletic departments are going to be changed. But, Tyler, I mean, we've already seen – we saw Stanford cut, what, 11 varsity athletic programs? Yeah. Stanford with the largest endowment of any power five school in the country, they had to cut a bunch of varsity sports. So if that can happen there, that could happen anywhere. If there's no football money coming in for just one season, that sucks. Nobody wants that to happen, but that's the harsh reality of this thing. There's so many small college towns, kind of like you're saying in this conference. And I live in one of them in Norman and it's going to be, I don't even want to think how much it's going to be affected if there's not a fall season this year. But I, I do wonder, like, Fort Worth is going to take a hit. But TCU really doesn't even have, like, bars around campus or anything like that. Like, Fort Worth will be okay if there's a college football season. Again, there will be an economic impact, of course. Right. But Fort Worth is in, you know, the best of any of the college towns in the league right now to survive this. But what about Austin? There's a lot going on in Austin. There's a lot of events going on in Austin, which I guess they had been canceled. What, South by Southwest, I'm sure, got canceled this mm -hmm. year. So, can Austin, even though it's a pretty large city, can it handle the economic impact of not having UT play a fall season this year? Like, how's that being portrayed out there in the ATS? Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough, right? South by Southwest, you mentioned, uh, was canceled back in March. Austin City Limits, the big music festival here in the fall, that's already been canceled. Uh, and, and then the numbers, you see varying numbers out there, but I've seen like 60 or so million dollars uh, per home game. Uh, for Texas football this year. So you take six of those out of the equation. That's probably easy math, but I'm not going to mess with it right there. So it would be it would be a big uh, economic impact for sure. No question. I think the city of Austin would be fine. There's enough happening around here to where they'd be okay, but it would still be a, a severe hit. And this city has been taking it on the chin, just like any other city. And, you know, it's whether it's a big city like Austin, right, a city sort of outside of a college campus, or it's a smaller city like uh, like a Morgantown, like a Norman, like a Stillwater, like a city that relies so much on the university that's there. I mean, everybody is is going to feel it already with the limited capacity, but especially if there is no season at all, it's uh, it's going to be a problem. I've been trying to keep up with Twitter while we're recording just to see if anything like breaks while we're doing this podcast and I haven't seen anything just yet, hmm. but we do have about 10 minutes remaining. We can go ahead and uh, 
wrap up on this. And I want to go down to every single Power 5 conference and both of us give an answer on if we think that they're going to play or not. I know that that's borderline impossible to do right now, and it's basically a guess. But I guess we can give our best educated guess to kind of tell the future right now. And let's start with the conference that everybody's talking about and the conference that's probably meeting right now as we speak, the Big Ten. Um, do we find out? I mean, we will find out, but is the thing going to play fall or not? God. Uh, I mean, it doesn't sound good right now, does it? It doesn't sound good. And I've been trying to be optimistic on this whole thing. And, you know, once again, we talked about it a few minutes ago, just the court of public opinion and the backlash coming from players, from coaches. I mean, we, we brought up Scott Frost. We brought up Jim Harbaugh. We brought up Ryan Day. Uh, those guys kind of voicing their opinions about wanting to play. I don't know if that's going to to be enough to really save that conference. So, um. You know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say yes to all the conferences. I'm going to say all Power 5 conferences are playing. Probably stupid, and the evidence right now is not in my favor. But uh, something tells me social media can be a huge problem, and it can cancel everything, and it can uh, be very powerful, very persuasive in bad ways. And some would argue having a college football season is being persuasive in the bad way, but uh, I think uh, the backlash might save this thing to at least start a year in college football. Finishing the season, different conversation, but starting the year, I'm going to say, I'm going to say we have it, man. I'm going to say we have it with five, with all five Power Five conferences, and uh, we know the Fun Belt and the American are going to be a part of things too. I uh, I really hope you're right, and I love the optimism. And what a day for college football Twitter that that would be, because they would have saved the 2020 college football season, and kept Greg Schiano from getting the head coaching job at the University of Tennessee. That would be the two things that college football Twitter has accomplished. No Greg Schiano in the SEC and getting college football to start in 2020. I'm going to say no to the Big Ten. I'm just going to follow the trend right now. I don't know what happens to Nebraska and Ohio State and Iowa and Michigan, but I don't think the Big Ten plays. I don't think the Pac-12 plays, but I think the BC and the SEC are going to figure out a way to play a season and and I guarantee you though it doesn't play which I don't think that they're going to as a conference Ohio State's going to play man and if Ohio State plays I think Michigan's going to play and I think Nebraska's going to play and maybe that's why that you're right on this thing right because Ohio State's going to play right and if Ohio State's going to play then Michigan's going to play and if Ohio State and Michigan are, are going to play then Penn State's going to play nobody wants to fall behind like, I guess right. all these university presidents, nobody wants to take the risk of a season, whatever, but nobody wants to take the risk of falling behind all of their other conference mates. So I think that that's a real possibility of why you could be right. I'll just guess, though, that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 don't play and the other three conferences do. And though it might be a mess, what a beautiful mess it could be for the 2020 season just to see how they navigate this thing. So how would uh, how would those schools play? Like, would one of these conferences? Because you're kind of hearing the SEC and the Big Twelve sort of hint towards, hey, we're not expanding, right? We're not doing any realignment this year. Uh, would those schools play independent and try to get just uh, as many yeah. Big Ten and Pac-12 stragglers as they could, and maybe do enough combining to get uh, to get ten games in there? Maybe you call up the Sun Belt. 
Uh, maybe you call up the the American Conference and say, hey, we've still got some money that we could maybe throw your way if you're willing to play us this year. Like, how, how could that happen? I think BYU would get a whole lot of you up text. That's how I think that, that would happen. And BYU that would respond is that, that is way. That, is that possible for, for BYU? Is that uh, against the, the Mormon religion right there? Uh, it probably is, but you can always sneak out late at night, right? And nobody knows. No boys uh, or girls in the dorms, whatever. But uh, I think BYU is so desperate right now that I think even the table, a couple of UX is yeah, from, okay. uh, from the Big Ten. But, yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be with you next on uh, Thursday. And I'm going to guess yep. there is a, a, a lot more things that are going to come out in the next 48 hours, which is going to be fascinating. In the meantime, I would urge you, Check out the Chris Landry Football Podcast Network. Podcasts all over the conference. I, I'd love to listen to what our Big Ten podcast is talking about right now. Our SEC podcast as well, because I'm sure everybody's got uh, varying opinions on um, on what's going on right now. You want one last final word, one last final statement on uh, anything you can think of before we get out of here? Because this is probably going to be shaping up to be a big 48 hours before we talk to everybody else again. Oh, man. I- I don't know what to say. This has been a crazy week. This has been a crazy off season. It's uh, it's been a crazy year. I'm hopeful, trying to stay optimistic that there will be some semblance of college football in 2020. But uh, man, yeah, by the end of this week, I mean, hopefully by Thursday, so we have plenty of content to talk about. But I think by the end of this week, we're going to have a lot more answers for the short short term. But then again, Tyler, even if three four, five conferences announced this week that they plan on playing. Who knows what could happen over the next two or three weeks, right? Who knows uh, they could end up canceling this thing down the road. So, yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre. Bizarro world right now. Bizarre times to be a college football fan. Bizarre times to be a sports fan. I'm hopeful there is some semblance of a season, but, uh, man, it's uh, we'll see how crazy this week can get. He's Brad Kellner. I'm Tyler McCobus in defense of the Big 12. We'll talk to you live on Twitch Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.